I think because of the great athlete he is, um, you know, you can imagine what would Emmanuel Lewis do with him? You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, he, one thing he does do, he does fight tall the way you want him to fight. But I would just love to see him be much more active as jab. The reason why he got the knockout is he did he did what I call it. He, he did the Klitschko. He blinded him with the jab and he came over the top with the right. Um, you know, that's textbook, you know, Emmanuel Stewart, right? And I just think he could be much more effective in control a lot if he utilizes a jab. I think if he starts to execute with that jab, um, not only do I think he can win rounds with a jab, so not really expending himself the way he doesn't want to. You know, he's in great shape. I think he can control distance and fight, and I think that would be very important against someone like Fury because he could position Fury to, to move to a spot where he wants to because he's always trying to pull his little Ali, but he could use his jab to get him to move into a direction where he wants to um, and, and put that psychological pressure that you have on him, like not necessarily hitting, but because he's throwing it, he's psychologically wearing you down until the fact that you make that mistake. So I would, the one thing I would say, I would just love to see him use his jab more. I don't, I don't know if that's what you preserve. Oh, yeah, you're making very excellent points, in my opinion. Jab is a very good way to open up and set up different shots. But um, it's kind of difficult to jab a lot with a guy that has very good head movement because the, the, the target is always just moving. It's not stationary. So, um, in my opinion, one well, thing that Wilder can do is you have to jab to the chest and you have to jab to the, jab to yeah. the solar plexus. Yes. And with a guy with good head movement, you when you jab to the solar plex and jab to the chest, because that doesn't move. Your head can move, but the, the your chest is going to stay in the same spot. So I think the jab should go down to the chest and to the body to open up the shots. Because if you look in the first fight, when he when Fury would always duck to the side, right? So he jabs mm-hmm. in the chest when he tries to do that. He's leaving his hand in position for the right hand left hook combination. You're gonna catch him. You're gonna time him and catch and time his movement. But it seems like we're kind of in the same place here because we yeah, yeah. we have the same yeah. point. You know what I'm saying? So I well, I, 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 well, you know, it's, it's, it's spending time with you. I'm, I'm I'm getting a lot of this. So Ortiz, you know, and we have in these years we always have one or two boxers that nobody wants to fight. Either they got great power, or you know they're they're you know they're lefty. And people just don't want to deal with him because they're lefty. We always have that one boxer that he can never reach his greatness because he can never get timely matchups. Um, this says so much about Wilder that not only he fought Ortiz once, but he fought him twice. It says a lot about who he is. But, you know, where does someone like Ortiz go who's clearly, in my mind, still an elite boxer in the division? You know, if anybody but Wilder, I think I, I would put him up against any of the other ones. And it'd be interesting to even have. Ortiz fighting someone like Fury um, because of his technical skills that he brings to the table that might fit better with someone like a Fury that is, in, in, I think, in some ways representative of everything he faced when he was boxing, you know, boxing amateur or, you know, in those ways where it was much about technique and movement and things like that where, you know, he might be a better. But where does he go from here if you were, if you were trying to match him up and trying to reestablish him and get him going? What kind of moves would you try to make? Well, it's tough when you're in this position because a lot of guys don't want to fight him, so it really opens up to who is willing to fight him. But um, a fight that I always wanted to see was him and Povetkin 
because they're around the same age. And they were in the Olympics, not Olympics, but they're in the, the amateurs around the same time. I'll let you see that fight. Maybe he could fight Dillian White, hopefully, because Dillian White is going to try to build himself back up. Maybe he can have a fight with um, a Dominic Brazil. God has got names. Um, uh, the guys at the top, like Wilder, Siri, Joshua, I don't know if they'll necessarily be able to get those fights right now. So you're thinking that next tier, guys who themselves have to get a victory to kind of get themselves back into the championship right. conversation who have that same hunger, may not want to fight Ortiz any other time, but are in a position where they need a victory. They need to put something on the line against someone like Ortiz to be considered, you know, when everything else gets cleaned up with Joshua and Fury and Wilder. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. All right, that was it with the opening round. We're going to move into the middle round and we're going to get some some body blows here uh, with this. We got the big fight coming up, Joshua and Reese. Um, Reese got on the scale 15 pounds heavier, but he had everything on. And so in some ways I think he's probably playing mind tricks with Joshua. They're, they're in Saudi Arabia. Uh, it's definitely hot. <laughs> a lot of things going on in the fight. You know, I didn't know Saudi Arabia is going to be the mecca for boxing right now, but uh, a lot of things are happening uh, in, 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 in Saudi Arabia right now. Uh, they're expanding to, uh, you know, commerce in other ways, so why not boxing? So this the fight is coming up. You know, we've seen a lot of people have analyzed this. Uh, there's a great piece where you have several people who are at the first fight, you know, including Sylvester Stallone. I mean, it's a great piece where they're kind of, taking each element of the ride. It really gives it, a, you know, getting into the mind of Reese and getting into the mind of, you got Mike Tyson and, and just a great piece. And, you know, they all um, talked about, you know, there's a point where you have to make a decision about whether or not you want to fight forward. And it was clear when they said Joshua was in that corner. Um, he had made a decision. He was confused. He was embarrassed that he was looking for a way out. Now he has a chance to come back here and try to do redemption. You know, his former country, his countryman, Lennox Lewis, found himself in a more devastating position. But Lennox had this, I don't know if it's the, 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 the I, don't, I don't know what the foundation, but Lennox always had this sense of dog in him. He came back in emphatic fashion. It's not the first time someone had to do that. You look at this fight, what are the keys to victory for both fighters? Well, if I'm asking Joshua, I want to stay on the outside. I want to use my dad. Stay away from the power of Andy Ruiz. I want to um, utilize, well, quite frankly, the, um, the ref that was chosen for this fight, Louis Fabone, he is known to be a controversial ref that doesn't allow infighting. So I'll use that to my advantage. I'll try to stay away, use the jab, score points, and survive. And I think if he does that, he'll be victorious. Conversely, for Andy Ruiz, you know, you know the deck's going to be stacked against you, man. So you got to press forward. You have to win by stoppage. If you don't knock them out, I don't know if you're going to be able to take it home on the card. So I think you have to try to replicate what you did in the first fight. And um, you have to press forward, fire on the front foot, and put Anthony Joshua back. Anthony Joshua came into this fight lighter. He cut about a good 13 pounds, 13, 15 pounds. So he's going to be lighter. And I don't know how his punch resistance is going to hold up. So I think um, definitely stay on the front foot, pushing Joshua back, letting the hands go. I think that's going to be a recipe for success for for Andrew Ruiz. So as you're making a prediction, who do you think will win this fight? Oh, man, it's tough, it's tough, it's tough. Because 
um, when I first saw, my first thought was, um, um, Anthony Joshua by by unanimous decision. But after seeing the weigh-in today, and seeing that Joshua had to cut all that weight, and Ruiz has actually gained weight, I think Ruiz might actually have the power to stop Anthony Joshua. So I think I'm going to pick Andy Ruiz by him. Late round stoppage. Mid to late round stoppage. Mm. That, that would put a shock across the boxing world in a lot of different ways. Um, it makes Ruiz, who is, has uncanny hand speed for a heavyweight. I mean, that was one of the first things before the first fight. I said to you, I said, I finally started watching videos like this guy got incredible hand speed. Like people are not talking about him. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, and it proved to be, you know, power in hand speed in the heavyweight division is a great thing. Um, and it, not everybody has it. Your ability to, to exchange uh, and, 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 and counter back in those, those real powerful exchanges. I mean, those short, that short left hook he can throw uh, because he can get close like he's a middleweight makes him a dangerous person against anyone. Um, and, and part of his gets a curse to stand in there, which is where a lot of people don't. You know, he, he, he seems like he breathes and gets comfortable in that space where Joshua always had that advantage over a lot of fighters because he always kind of had that, that quick speed, hand speed. You know, Ruiz has the advantage on the hand speed and he has power. So it's going to be a great fight to watch. Are there some fights on the undercard that we should be paying attention to? Every time we have these big fights, we sometimes get blown away by the undercard. Is there, are there some boxers there on the undercard that we should pay for, or is it all just about the main event? It's all about the main event. Um, I know Dillian White is on the card, but he's not fighting. But I'm fighting more to walk. God has lost to pretty much everybody in the division. So I, I would just say the fight to look out for is Anthony Joshua and Ruiz. And the tough thing about this is, they put it during LSU versus Georgia. You know I'm going to be watching that game. So I'm going to have to do a little picture-picture, a little two-TV action going on. I don't, I can't believe they did this to me, man. I can't believe they really did this yeah. to me. But I'm gonna have to yeah, because you got to account for the time difference. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, it, yeah. it's uh, – and on one site, when you and I talked about it earlier on, it has 11 o'clock, but I think the 11 o'clock was the pre – fight kinds of stuff, and then the actual main event is going to be at five. But so I, I could even get a sense of time, and you kind of verify it's going to be uh, that time, but actually goes counter to the LSU-Georgia game. So, again, I mean, yeah. it's just something about the boxing promoters today, particularly the, the zone and some of them. They just – they've had some great fights, but are missing it on the promotional side and the timing side. Right. Just, these are the little things that make great fights that, that folks are Because they don't understand how to promote over here. Um, yes. And one thing – Oh, the, um, they say that um, Anthony Johnson is supposed to walk out at 3.40, 3.40 p.m. Okay. So that's right before the game. So I, I'll, I'll be able to watch the Ruiz fight, Ruiz Joshua fight, and um, pretty much just pick up on the Georgia LSU game as um, you, you, you sound like you're fighting. Like, you got kind of noise going on right there on me right now. You probably, oh, man, you probably yeah. body blows in, 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 in the middle rounds right now. We're in the middle rounds of the boxing moment with Darnell. Uh, he, I'm going to take him on mute right now until he gets to a better place. Um, uh, and then we'll bring him back in. Uh we, uh, we we did the opening rounds. We talked about Wilder and Ortiz, and he gave some great content about this. Um, he is uh, – we're in the middle rounds talk about Joshua and Reese. 
uh, and keys to victory. And uh, and when we come back here in 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 a, in a few minutes, we're going to uh, talk a bit, a little bit about Lions only. You know, you can't do anything right now without the Lions because you got to have the Lions only. And the Lions only, you know, what's all about that. They you know, they don't play uh, over there, so you know we can't have a segment out here when we don't uh, spend time talking about you know those, those tarlows. editor of ringtv.com and I'm on the Real Sports Guys podcast. All right, so our man Doug Fisher, editor in chief of uh, Ring Magazine. Uh, we've got a lot of love for him. Uh, we're on a boxing moment uh, here. Uh, 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 our, our heating up is a part of this, but you know we're going to get in and talk a little bit more about uh, what's happening with some of these other divisions. And you know the Charlos, you got the Lions only going on. They return. Um, it's gonna be, you know, we got a couple other fights here, but uh, we got we got the big Charlo coming in. We've got that belt. He's got a defense against Hogan uh, coming up here this weekend as well. That'll be on the card. Um, and wanted to get Darnell's perspective on what's happening with the with Charles's fight. This fight is is not again, you know, a fight that's not getting a lot of pubs. That should get more pub. So Darnell, you know, when you think about, uh, you know, uh, what's happening here uh, with with uh, Charlo against Hogan. Uh, what are some of the things you're going to see about this fight? What some people know about Hogan? Well, with Charlo and Hogan, you got um, a guy in Dennis Hogan, which a lot of, a lot of casual fans are not going to know exactly who, who or where it's going to see in the fight this week. But if you go back to his last fight, he fought a guy named Jaime Munguia, who was the 154 WBO champion. He... Uh, He's a guy. He's he's a young up and coming, very good fighter. He's he's about six feet tall, has power in both hands, and um, then a lot of people say Dennis Hogan came out with the victory in that fight. Um, it was a very controversial decision for um, Harmon McGee, but um, that definitely has risen the stock of um, Dennis Hogan. So Dennis Hogan is a respectable opponent. And uh, I don't think it's going to be a fight that Charlo will necessarily look great in, but I do expect him to be able to win, come out with a victory. And, and you know, it, it's, uh, 
uh, you know, he's kind of, it feels like, you know, he's ready for another big fight at some point. Where do you see that? Where do you see if Charlo gets his victory against Castle again? You know, what, 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 where, where do we got to go to see him get back into a big fight? That's going to be like, a, you know, well, it'll be a pay-per-view level fight. What kind of fights are we looking at? It's tough because, like we're seeing with Terrence Crawford at welterweight, um, the the top fighters at 160, they're on they're on the zone. You have um, Canelo, you have um, Demetrius Andre, you have Triple G, all those guys on the zone, and they won't fight them. And it's easy to say, okay, you could go to the zone, and maybe you'll be able to fight. But, um, shoot, look at Demetrius Andre. He went to DeVoe, and um, Canelo won't fight him. Triple G won't fight him. And it, it even goes for uh, after Triple G's last fight. Andre, mind you, is a DeVoe fighter. He went into the ring and confronted, and confronted Triple G. Uh, what did DeVoe do? DeVoe turned the cameras off. The only reason I know Demetrius Andre went into the ring and talked to Triple G in the ring after the fight is because it was on uh, the Lucas Android's Instagram. The zone didn't say wow. fight, and even the zone player, they don't promote him. They don't want him to get the fight. So what what, make, what makes you think that they would do different for Jamal Charlo? So as far as him getting a big fight, I heard of a fight that's on that's on the other car, um, Matt Korobov and... Um, Chris Eubank Jr., they're fighting, and the winner of that, I've heard, they might, they're probably going to get a shot at Jamal Charlo next, which, is, which will be interesting, but then again, it's not the pay-per-view level fight that you're talking about. Wow. Wow. So uh, we're here in the middle rounds, and the body blows here, uh, uh, going talking to you know, Darnell Kirkland here on uh, a moment of boxing uh, with Darnell. Uh, we're about to move into the championship rounds. Um, what are some of the upcoming fights that you're excited to, to watch that you want to share with our listeners? Well, I'm always excited to see Javante Davis fight. And he's fighting on the 28th in Atlanta versus a former champion named Yoko Gamboa, which he's passing. He is a little washed up. But it's going to be exciting to see him get, a, get into the ring. You have next week, you have um, – Teofimo Lopez versus Richard Comey. Teofimo Lopez is a live star in the game. He reminds me of young Danny Garcia. And he's going against the guy in Richard Comey, which gave Robert Easter all he can handle. And now he's, he's climbing his way back and he has a belt. So they're fighting for uh, Richard Comey's belt. And the word that fight will fight Vitale Lomachenko next year. So that is a big fight. Terrence Crawford is fighting also next week, which has gotten zero press, zero promotion, zero commercial. He fights on ESPN, but Max Kellerman doesn't talk about it. Uh, you haven't heard uh, Stephen A. Smith talk about it. You haven't heard. You haven't seen it on any commercials. So I don't know what ESPN is doing. ESPN is sitting on their hands. Um, Terrence Crawford deserves better as far as a, he deserves a better promoter. But as it, it looks like Terrence Crawford going to do a top rank until he retires. That's what Bob. That's what Bob Aaron said. So. That's what uh, that's all I can go by. Wow! What, one one of our future podcasts has got to be on the art of promotion and what's going on. Maybe have you and Doug Fisher, Dougie Fisher, 
just talk about like because things that you're talking about this is not just about before it was a Showtime HBO thing. But even as you describe fighters within the same and not being like the inability to make good fights is the heart of that in football. And um, we had some great matchmakers actually with HBO in um, the Showtime back in the day, you know. Uh, but now things are spread out. This we're getting more access to content, but we're not getting the kind of matchmaking. In fact, you know, I, I, I could argue probably that the heavyweight division is probably coming close to closest to actually giving us some fights um, where we got all this talent somewhere else. And so this would be a great topic for us to maybe get Dougie on. Uh, Shoot, heavyweight on 154. Yeah. 150. Yeah. Don't yeah. sleep on 154 because you have um, Heard. Heard, he fought Jerry uh, um, Heard for Julian um, Williams. You have Charles mm-hmm. and Harrison fighting. The winners of those yep. are going to meet up. And yep. uh, you you got Erickson Lubin climbing his way back up. Heard is going to f- climb his way back up. So 154 is popping. 154 um, is having a lot of movement. And you can also see the same thing at 118. Uh, yeah. You know, people don't pay attention to the weight on 126. But, but but some of these other yeah. divisions have which what I would say big pay per view like fights that can make huge money in which both parties, whether it's the zone, ESPN or whatever, can still make a lot of money, particularly the way in which they can leverage leverage streaming services. I think there's I think that technology allows them a lot more flexibility, um, even access points for both um both subscription bodies. You know what I'm saying? Uh in ways that can still make the money. So I, I just They'll understand. I think they got a business model right now that could actually be better for crossover, um, and, and it's just not happening. So it'd be love because you know I said it was going to grow to this after um, you know uh, we uh, when, when it started out um, and um, when uh, PBC was launched, and you know we're having that conversation with um, uh, with Dougie and and um, and just the business model was changing, and it's changing. I think there's a lot of advantages. I, I, I don't think they, they, I don't think everybody understands the power of the new tools yet. And hopefully, um, people will will understand that we can get some great fights. But you know, one thing we don't do on here as much as the pound for pound. And we start this kind of with Dougie Fisher because you know he's not a big pound for pound guy. So we we start we we change it to what we call our Mount Rushmore of active fighters um, rather than a pound for pound. And so Darnell, if, if, as things have been shaking up, it's going around. Who's on your current active fighters, your current active fighters on your Mount Rushmore? Well, the tricky thing about um, Mount Rushmore is it's four, so you got to leave somebody off the top yeah. five. So that's the tricky part, number one. But we, I, 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 on our one. Mount Rushmore, we're we, we going to give you five. We can, we have a little bit of creative. <laughs> so oh, we'll okay. give you five. But number, number one for sure is, is um, Canelo Alvarez. Uh, number two, Terrence Crawford. Number three, Oh, shoot. Number three, I'm going to go Errol Spence, four, Vasil Lomachenko, five, Naila, um, the monster, anyway. All right. You heard it here. Uh, this is uh, uh, RSG. Uh, this is a boxing moment with Darnell. Uh, you can catch this on uh, on our realsportsguys.com uh, website. Uh, go to the podcast tab and uh, you can listen to this again if you'd like to or catch up on all of our podcasts there um, you can also look for us at Real Sports Guys on all social media platforms uh, we got all kinds of content out there please pay attention to our um, the state of college sports series that will be running uh, from here until the um, final four weekend 
uh, where we'll have a number of experts from different parts of, uh, you know, uh, society in different ways come bringing uh, expertise to what's happening in college sports. Uh, we have Jim Delaney retiring and uh, at a time who, who was probably the most significant figure in college sports, all the changes with the Big Ten Network, uh, that we have all kinds of things happening and the future of college sports is, uh, there's a question mark about where it's going to go. And so we want to come in and, and, and take a comprehensive look at this, playing, uh, offering you some new content as well as some some of our um, our classic content that is still relevant today. So, you know, as always, you know, we uh, want to thank my man Darnell, who is really our face of boxing on RSG. This young man is incredible. Um, you're only going to be hearing more from him uh, yeah, even more and you know, uh, you know, like a real sports guy, he's got other things he's doing. He's coaching, working with his youngsters, and then making time to come out here and share these gems with y'all. Make sure y'all catch the fights. Make sure y'all catch us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and watch us score these fights over the next couple of weeks. Uh, a great follow. Uh, until then, until next time, peace. Peace out. I don't have a mark on my face. And I don't have a mark on my face. Yeah. And I upset son and listen. And I just turned 22 years old. I must be the greatest. Right. I told the world. I talk to God every day. This God's with me. Came over out of here against me, Sonny. I took up the world. I know God. I know the real God. Cassius, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Cassius. I am the king of the world. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. You're not that pretty. I'm a bad man. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast.